Hello, and thank you for tuning in to our Why We Are Vegan podcast interview series entitled Why We Are Vegan. Each week, I'll be posting one to two interviews I've had with inspirational vegans around the world who are walking their talk. Each of my guests share their personal vegan journey and insights they've gathered along the way. You are about to listen to my interview with Tracy Childs. Tracy began her vegan journey 29 years ago. Tell us a little bit about yourself personally. I'm Tracy Childs, and I've been married for 31 years to my husband, Stephen. I have two children. They are 24 and 28, and I've been vegan since 1990, and I raised my kids vegan slash vegetarian. I feel like that's pretty special, but it did take conviction at the time. It did take some determination and a lot of research mm-hmm. as well. And what do you do professionally? Professionally, I'm a nutrition and cooking instructor. I, of course, teach everything plant-based. I have a passion to share my knowledge with other people. I have been always just attracted to learning new recipes and learning ways to create things that people might be missing if they just choose to adopt this lifestyle, or even if they don't. Mm -hmm. I find it a challenge to create things that will, across the board, please everyone, whether they're vegan or vegetarian or a meat eater. My passion is especially replacing dairy products because I think that's the one thing that a lot of people stumble on. If they're veg curious, I call it, if they're deciding they don't want to eat animals anymore or trying not to, that could be a little easier. But people always stumble on the dairy products. They just have a really hard time with dairy products. So professionally, I am driven to help people with that. That's really what it is. I really just want to help people to move towards a plant-based diet and, and take it to the next step. So that's that's really what my goal is professionally. I'm in the kitchen a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and what are your aspirations for the future? Well, right now I'm at, a, at a, I'm at a point where I'm trying to decide where I want to go next. I'm finding that I'm Loving teaching the classes and having people one-on-one just or with a group and having that group dynamic, I love that part of it. Mm-hmm. But I also realize that it's a challenge to, to do that as often as I'd like. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of things that get in the way of my doing it professionally and as a career, mm-hmm. making it to a full-time career. I mean, I do spend my time full-time with the marketing, communications, all that, and testing recipes, but the actual cooking classes take a lot of work. I went into this just because I had a strong desire to help people because I know that when they decide to do this, and I know what I went through when I decided to um, eschew all animal products, that that it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. It's hard, and a lot of people don't have the time because they're working, they have families, and that's not their focus. You know, my focus has been on cooking, so I've been lucky that I was really driven to doing that and really enjoying being in the kitchen and finding new recipes, searching the Internet, and trial and error. A lot of people don't want trial and error, and they're afraid to cook, too. When I first started teaching, I was really surprised that so many people hadn't cooked and say they don't cook. That was new to me mm-hmm. because my family, we all cook. We all get in the kitchen and do stuff. So that I found a challenge too. And I really, that's also been something that I really want to 
have as a goal is to tell people and get them in the kitchen trying things and to say, you know what, it doesn't need to be that hard. And mm -hmm. so I'll try out Instant Pot recipes. I'll try out all types of different recipes just in an effort to help people yep. and to keep things really simple, too. If you were in a room full of kindergartners, how would you share the, with them why you were vegan, in your own words, as if speaking to them right now? Yeah, that's an interesting question when we're talking about children and we're talking about children that age. So kindergartners are at an age where they're starting to really explore their environment. They're ready to be, um, most of them are ready to be away from their families and be part of a classroom and in a group. And they're curious about a lot of things. They're getting exposed to a lot of different things all at once. So if I was, if a child asked me why I'm vegan, I would, I would be as truthful as I could. I would tell them that I, that the foods that most people eat, the meat and the dairy, actually harm animals. And I would, well, first I'd probably ask them how they feel about animals. Do they like animals? Do they want to care for animals? And then get them thinking about animals first, and then talk about how the, those products can, can harm animals. You need to be really sensitive to when you're talking to children, because obviously they don't have control over what they eat in general. I think I would just read them a book that maybe had a vegan message and leave it at that. Like I have a really good book about Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. It's a cute little book, but it also shows children really caring about the turkeys when they visit a turkey farm. It's a great book to share with kids just to give it a humorous end and maybe get them to think. When you talk to older children, then the parents are usually taking a step back and letting the, the kids make decisions more on their own. And so at that age, I think it's really a great age to start talking to, you know, middle school, high school, those ages, because they start to have more control over what they eat. Okay. What made you decide to become vegan? What tipped the scales for you? I became vegetarian when I was 17. It, it was a number of different things. I actually raised sheep for the 4-H. And I, my family does have a farming background. Even though I was raised in Encinitas, California, by an engineer and a teacher, both of my parents have farming backgrounds, and they're from Idaho. And I actually went to college in Idaho. But when I was a child, I moved to a rural area and started raising sheep for the 4-H. I was 12, 13. I just accepted, even though I loved my sheep, and I actually walked them like dogs, I accepted the, the business end of it. I was brainwashed, I guess. I mean, or it's just part of my conditioning. Part of my, my grandfather was a sheep farmer. Even though I loved my sheep, I, I felt I had to accept taking them to the Del Mar Fair and showing them and grooming them and doing all that stuff with them. And then I had to auction them off. Because really, what, what were we going to do? I mean, I, was, I was, didn't have control over keeping them because... That was the agreement I have with my parents, is that they funded this and I was going to pay them back. After doing that a few years, what happened was, actually as I got into my teens, my parents bought a lamb from an, a kid in my 4-H group. Mm -hmm. And not that I was like really friends with his lamb, but it all clicked to me. When they put that in the freezer from that animal that I knew, I said... I'm not going to eat that animal. And then my mom, I think she said, well, so why are you eating any animals? 
And I thought, right, why am I eating any animals? So it was 1978, and I realized that people were vegetarians. I didn't know any vegetarians, but I realized that people did that. So that's what I did. I said, I'll be a vegetarian. It's funny, I said, okay, I'm going to do it. And I went to the fair with my friends, and they were giving out samples of, like, sausage or something, and I just ate it. And I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> what did I just do? So I had to realize, okay, that's, what is meat? So that was the, the beginning of it. And I just went on through life and went to college. I actually went to college in Idaho, which is kind of crazy when you're a vegetarian, but there was always something. And, of course, I ate a lot of cheese. And then after college, I just started thinking even more about my diet and about what it meant, even during college, too. I actually had a boyfriend. I, he became vegetarian, like, right away. And then my current husband, I met him after I'd broken up with that boyfriend, and he wasn't quite as fast, but he did become vegetarian after six years. So that was my journey of just starting to just learn and to read books. And it was always a passion of mine, actually, just always a passion to, to read the books, become part of any kind of community that was vegetarian, even if they were far away, like the Vegetarian Resource in uh, Baltimore, out of Baltimore, the PCRM, Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, I found them. I found Vegetarian Times, just really voraciously wanting to read about and learn and become and become part of these groups that were caring about animals and not wanting to eat the animals. And also the nutritional end of it. Mm -hmm. I was very uh, passionate about that, really wanted to learn about that and share that with people. In general, I've just always been passionate about sharing it and frustrated that most of the people in my life, most of my family and my friends really didn't care that much or didn't didn't accept me as an authority, maybe. Yeah. Um, even though I had been doing so much research, it was frustrating that they uh, didn't really want to listen. Mm -hmm. Or would they get in a conversation, they'd be very argumentative about it. It was frustrating, but I always had conviction about it, and I never strayed. I always felt like very sure that this is what I should do, and this is where I wanted to work and be a part of any kind of movement that was towards eating less animals or eating no animals or just getting away from animal products. But it was 1990, after I had my son. During the pregnancy, I'd been doing a lot of research and decided to become vegan. But it's funny, stupidly, I decided to wait till after I was done breastfeeding because I didn't know enough. I thought, oh, he's going to need these nutrients for milk or something. I didn't want to, like, experiment on him because no one was vegan that I knew. And there wasn't really a lot of research or about pregnancy and vegan and, and breastfeeding and being vegan. And little did I know that he was one of those kids that spit up all the time. And it was the dairy that was causing it because I realized that when I stopped breastfeeding around six months, when I switched to soy formula, he stopped spitting up. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I didn't give him milk after that. I decided to be vegan, so we didn't keep any dairy in the house. Even though my husband was vegetarian at the mm -hmm. time, he became vegetarian when we got married. When I decided to become vegan, then I, I was the one that was in charge of shopping. I was the one in charge of cooking. 
And, and my husband was okay with it, but he would just eat dairy and eggs and things like that when we were out, mm-hmm. mainly. I weaned us off of it, too. I did a lot of things that people would do, buy the eggs that said cage-free. Starting to be more mindful about what you're putting in your mouth. I would buy the organic milk, thinking that maybe the cows were treated better. And then did research again and realized there was no such thing as any animal products that weren't cruelty-free, unless you could just, like, milk the cow yourself, maybe. But there's a whole question about that, too. Mm-hmm. Or even have your backyard chickens. So, But there's questions about that, too. Mm-hmm. I realized there was questions about everything and just realized that if I made things myself, I would be confident about it and it would not have animal products. And I was good with that. What does being vegan mean to you personally? Being vegan means to me that I'm doing my best in a lot of ways. I know how important food is, and I know now that a lot of people don't realize how important it is. And I know now that it means a lot, that it means a lot about the environment, and it means a lot to the animals, it means a lot to our health. So for all those reasons, I have chosen to not eat animal products. But the real deep part of it was my research on animals and how they were treated and the factory farms and not wanting to be a part of that. And just weaning my taste buds away from it so that when I did eat something that I knew had um, either eggs in it, I could tell, like if it was a veggie burger or something like that, it would just gross me out. It would actually turn my stomach because I felt so bad about the animals, and I felt so bad about the farms and the hens. Battery mm-hmm. hens are treated, and and then the way the, cow, the dairy cows are treated, too. And I've just learned more and more and more over the years about that. I don't want any part of that. My stomach doesn't want it. My body doesn't want it. My refrigerator doesn't want it. Mm-hmm. And my wallet doesn't want it either. I don't want to spend money on those types of products. Please share how you continue to benefit from being vegan physically, emotionally, and spiritually? I do feel that I am benefiting on emotionally, spiritually, physically by being vegan because food means a lot. And if I was taking in the, the pain of an animal in, my, in digesting it, I feel like that would mean a lot to me emotionally and spiritually and physically and all of that. It just means a great deal to me that I... Can, I've figured out ways to make delicious food and nutritious, and and it doesn't have to have any of the the pain of that animal or the suffering of the animal. It just it means a lot to me to also just be become more and more active in my community and letting people know about this and get them to wake up about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, it, but, it's, but spiritually, yes, I, I feel like it really helps me a lot, too. How would you describe a vegan lifestyle? That's a really good question. At first it was food, definitely. And then, um, like I said, I do a lot of research, and I pretty much try to attract any of these um, organizations or information that people are putting out. So I started to look into personal care products, mm-hmm. shoes, the lifestyle itself is very personal. I, I just think everybody has to make decisions, and there's there's so many factors that go into those decisions. Mm-hmm. For me personally, I try to do the best I can with my lifestyle and learn. I guess really it's about the, the monetary part of it or supporting businesses that are 
or more mindful or smaller mm-hmm. businesses, vegan businesses, getting those vegan shoes if you can is great. If you, you know, buy from a vegan company, get a vegan belt, <laughs> those kinds of things. But I think food is number one. That's because a lot of those other things are kind of byproducts of the industry that doesn't drive the demand as much as the actual meat, the dairy, and the eggs, and the fish. Those, when you spend money on those things, that's driving the industry. Mm-hmm. The byproducts that are used is not so much driving the industry, in my mind anyway. Tell me a little bit about a day in the life of Tracy Childs. With my professional life, I'm running a nonprofit called Plant Diego, and I have a business called Veg Appeal. So, Veg Appeals I've done since 2009. I'd say both are part time as far as like, dividing my time between those and also household things. In my week, what drives me the most is communicating with people and creating events and creating spaces for people to get together. The community of San Diego is super important to me, and creating events or opportunities for people to get together and feel like they're a part of the movement and a part of being plant-based and maybe a lot of people I've realized don't have opportunity to do that in their normal life. So that's really what drives me and that's my day (laughs) is I'm blessed right now I'm not working full-time for someone else. I create cooking events with my company and so I charge money for those, not a lot, and then I create lots of free events uh, through Plant Diego and the two of them move together and people can find out about Plant Diego if they need more then I can of course give them really amazing cooking classes through Veg Appeal. That's kind of the way it works but of course there's all kinds of other people that put their events out for Plant Diego too. That's what my day is usually is on the computer a lot. Mm -hmm. I spend a lot of time on the computer and creating recipes and taking recipes and making them my own. That's a real huge passion of mine so I spend a lot of time in the kitchen testing recipes and making notes and Uh, and actually wrote part of a book called The Handbook to Higher Health Consciousness that was written by David Cater, a friend of mine. It's an amazing book, and I've provided the recipes for that. I know a lot of people get really stressed about cooking, and I've realized that as I have been cooking and teaching with people, but to me it's pretty relaxing, and it's almost therapeutic. I find cooking meditative, and it's lucky I get to eat something. (laughs) My (laughs) husband does too, and my family and my friends. I get excited when I'm going to share with people. When I have even a goal to share a recipe with people down the line, I'll test that recipe and try it, even if it's just half of the recipe so I don't have a lot of leftovers, Mm -hmm. but just to try things and Mm -hmm. experiment in the kitchen has been fun. Great. What's most important to you about living a vegan lifestyle? The animals, but also since over time more and more people are jumping on board and finding out about it and learning and I'm so grateful for that I'm so grateful for the activists Mm -hmm. for me that's the important thing is just providing community to support people because I didn't have anyone when I became vegan there was no one I knew that was vegan or when I was vegetarian I was like great I met another vegetarian after like I don't know how many years so (laughs) and I was hard I mean I was very of course strong in my beliefs Mm -hmm. about it but 
I know other people have difficulty because of that, because of their conditioning, the way they were raised, their maybe husband or wife isn't on board with mm-hmm. it, or their family. We all have that in common when we be, decide to do that. We may be totally different in many other ways, politically, or you know, a lot of different on our beliefs that people are doing for their animals, for their health, for the planet. I don't really care having events where everything's 100% vegan is important. What do you wish more people understood about the benefits of being vegan or about living a vegan lifestyle in general? To me, the benefit that's so surprising to people is how good the food tastes and how amazing it can be. Though mm-hmm. there are some difficulties when you're eating out and the restaurateur doesn't know anything about it and they just end up, you just end up with steamed vegetables. But there's, there's beauty in that, too, and simplicity. But I think the benefits are amazing just in how good you feel. There's energy. I love to share that how, how the, taste, the taste of the food is good. And people, once they try it, so many people say that, wow, a whole world opened up to them of different recipes and ways to create food. Or even eating out nowadays, there's so much out there that they realize that they can have really almost everything that they were used to eating, but it's completely Mm plant-based. So I think that's a huge benefit. Is there anything you wish more people would have a conversation about around veganism? As far as conversations about veganism, there's a lot of that going on. If you're on on social media, yes, Mm -hmm. there's a lot. There's so many groups. I'm a a part of, I I can't even count how many groups I'm in now on Facebook. And then I'm also a contributor for Jane Velez Mitchell's page, and she has uh, almost a million followers on Facebook. I provide videos and content, and I watch the content, and I see the comments. And most of the comments are amazing. But then there's people who are, for whatever reason, watching these videos and, and seeing this uh, activism for the animals, and it's offensive to them. And they don't want to give up what they're conditioned to eat. And they feel like we're throwing it in their face the activists are doing that, and something has just struck a nerve for these people. So I'd like to talk to them one-on-one. It would be interesting to be able to talk to them one-on-one and just be honest mm-hmm. about them and what they're, what's driving them to be on a vegan page, for instance, and be so nasty about it. And who is this person? I, that's what I'd love to know, right? Who is this person that's watching a vegan page and and just nasty and combative in what they say. I'd like to talk to them. And if, if any of you out there have heard of Earthling Ed, you know, he's a great person to follow because he has those conversations with people all the time. And he knows how to, like, turn it around, but also to listen to people, you know, and I think just listen to their concerns, listen to what they feel and what their what their exposure to veganism is mm-hmm. and try to explain it to people and just to, to show we'd like for as many people as possible to think about what they eat and be mindful about it and not just keep thinking mm, bacon and not think about what's behind that bacon and what that pig went through mm-hmm. and what it's doing to the planet mm-hmm. and all those things. I want to hear why do you love bacon and talk about it and then And then also try to get them to think about where to come from and to get them to say it. Mm -hmm. So that is the kind of type of conversation that we need to have more, is instead of, you know, throwing in people's faces, just get more of those conversations where we 
try to get people to think about where their food comes from. When you hear excuses from someone about why they couldn't go vegan, do you feel you're able to change their perspective with what you know? It depends on how much time we have. If, mm -hmm. if it's somebody that is willing to talk, I think I can turn them around and address their concerns. I think, you know, most people it's social. That's a really large part of it. Mm -hmm. And personally, I had that. I mean, I, nobody was vegan in my life. Luckily, you know, after I got married, my husband became vegetarian. He would always eat <laughs> only meat outside the house. Even when we were dating, he never brought meat in. He was very respectful of that, and so uh, I married him, whether he was going to be vegetarian or not, and he decided to become vegetarian when we got married. I feel like people, if they are strong in their conviction, it really takes just being very personally aware of your reasons of why you're doing it, and if you have good reasons and you, it's solid, then you shouldn't have a problem with it. And also, it's, I think it's good to, to, to explain to people, don't worry too much about your next meal. Mm -hmm. It'll happen. Mm -hmm. And it's really just about your meals. And even if you go to a restaurant and there's not a lot to eat, you can stock your fridge at home. If you're traveling, people might have trouble with that because they travel a lot. There's lots of tips I can give them about travel. I've been traveling and vegan for all these years, and in fact, we have events about that too in Plant Diego. I think it just takes being strong with your with your conviction, your reasoning mm -hmm. for it. If you're not, then it's going to be hard. If you are, it's going to be easy. How do you feel about mainstream coverage of animal cruelty, environmental concerns, and the like via social media and news outlets? I'm encouraged that there's been more. Um, in fact, the Democratic debate, they had one just on the climate. There were questions that a lot of the audience members or the people in the town hall asked about animal agriculture. And there's been a lot about the Amazon fires, and which it's funny, people say, what do you think about the Amazon fires? I say, well, they've been going on forever. That's the, that's, what, that's the way people farm. They've been farming this way. They've been starting fires and burning plants in native areas to grow food for animals or to create places for them to graze. So the Amazon fires is nothing new, but I like that they're covering it finally, that it's CNN's covering it. And, and so people are getting aware and, and there's CNN articles about why those are happening. They need to know that the reason they're happening is to create places for beef. That's just, it's clear. So you're, you're, when you eat beef, you're contributing to that. So I think media covering that has been, has been great, even if it's not the percentage we're looking for, which is 51%. Even if they say 18%, it's better than not saying anything at all. And as far as covering animal cruelty, that's something that the media outlets have a little more difficulty with, and that's what the animal activists are trying to raise the bar on. So along those lines, what questions would you pose to the mainstream to move the conversation to what you feel is most important to understand about the global benefits of veganism? To me, I would go with the things that we cannot question. The fact that there's runoff from 
growing the crops that feed the animals. And so all those fields out there that are growing the corn and the soy are doused with tons of chemicals, especially because they're GMO. They get sprayed with Roundup, mm -hmm. so it can kill the weeds and not the corn and not the soy. So all that gets run off into the waters, mm -hmm. and so it's causing all kinds of death of uh, sea life and river life and causing all kinds of pollution. You can't debate about that. All that is done to create animal feed. You can't debate about uh, the animals and how they're treated in the factory farms. It's, it's, a, it's, it's there. It's a fact. The cruelty of that is unreal, and it's something people need to be aware of. So those are things I would share with the mainstream media and that they, in hopes that they would get the word out there to people. How do you feel about the use of self-identifiers such as smegan, partially vegan, flexitarian, and the like? If you identify yourself as vegan, but you're not, I feel like I shouldn't be judgmental about it, but I feel like, yeah, you shouldn't be calling yourself vegan if you still have butter on bread at a restaurant or something like that, or you're not mindful about that, you're not questioning the food and making sure, as much as you can, mm -hmm. that it's vegan. I think that if you identify yourself as vegan, you should do your best. If you're not vegan, call yourself a flexitarian, and that's wonderful. And if you're, that, that to me, that just shows you're uh, along the step towards being more mindful about your food. And I think that's a positive thing rather than somebody who just mindlessly eats anything that's there and not really thinking about it. And those are the people that need to wake up. So a flexitarian has uh, woken up to a certain degree. How do you feel about the phrase plant-based being used today by companies of all kinds for meals, textiles, home goods, accessories, personal care, and other products that are not in fact vegan? Plant-based means it's based on plants. It could be a percentage of plants, and Absolutely. it's usually going to be probably 90 or more. If you're strict vegan, you would use caution when you see the word plant-based, uh, and it's nice that, that manufacturers and companies are starting to use the word vegan. I think it's positive, though. I'm accepting of anybody being mindful, and any companies being mindful, too, which is, I think, a positive thing. What vegans do you respect and keep tabs on? Ah, there's a lot of them. Dr. Neil Bernard, who runs the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, I've followed him for many years. He has just stands out as somebody who really walks the walk, talks the talk, and is even more passionate than me about it. <laughs> He's written so many books. He's running this great uh, nonprofit organization based out of Washington, D.C. that has all these different arms of trying to do good in the world. They're in Washington, D.C. because they're trying to make policies change, and they've been doing it since 1985, and they've had a lot of successes. So he's, he's number one in my, in my world because he's not only putting out there about the health aspects and they're doing all this great research also, but I know personally that he is an ethical vegan. Another, I guess it's a lot of the, the doctors that I follow. Dr. Clapper is another one, and he's featured in a lot of movies and, you know, Cowspiracy and What the Health. Dr. Clapper was the one who wrote the book Pregnancy, Childbirth, and the Vegan Diet, and that was my Bible when I had my kids <laughs> yeah. um, because it had recipes, it had information about nutrition and how to meet those needs for the kids and for myself, 
and so it was very simple, it's easy to read, and so he's a hero in my world, too. Oh, another person I like to follow, of course, is Jane Velez Mitchell, and she's a journalist, and really, number one, just doing it for the animals. She used to work for CNN. She started a nonprofit, janeunchained.com is her uh, blog, and I am honored to be able to work with her as a contributor. She's tirelessly working for the animals and for the environment. She's created a documentary. She's created um, several like music videos. She's trying all the different angles to do it through popularity and content and support. Just real people just caring and, and sharing. Caring and sharing. <laughs> so it's awesome. So she's also a really great person in my book, just doing a lot and having a lot of success. To sum up our time together in one sentence, Please tell us, why are you vegan? I'm vegan for myself, and I'm also vegan for the animals, the planet, my health, but also just my mental clarity and conviction. And really, you only have control about you and yourself and what you do, and that's powerful. Is there anything else you'd like to discuss? minutes that we have that we haven't touched on? It's just not that difficult once you put your mind to it. Whether it's for your health, it's 95% mental. It's really not physical. It's really your mindset. Realize that you're strong and you're not weak. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much, Tracy, for joining us. All right. Thank you so much for having me, Gabrielle. welcome. (laughs) We hope you've enjoyed this interview. Find out when the next episode of this enlightening and thought-provoking interview series is available by following Why We Are Vegan on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. The ID for all three is Why We Are Vegan. We're also on YouTube and iTunes. You can visit our free resource site, whywearevegan.org, for podcasts you may have missed and links to all our social media. Take care.